0: I I pulled a funny review for this movie. Yeah, go for it. Stephen Witte, who writes for the New York Star-Ledger, said, The problem with source code is the idea of source code. (laughs) Which kind of echoes your your main concern with this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty funny. Welcome to Fad Dads. On today's episode, Nathaniel and I are looking back at an old film from 2011, Source Code,
1: This movie has been declared one of the top, wokest films of the decade, and Seth and I dive into it to see if this action film is actually woke, or
0: if it's just good. I'll listen more on this episode of The Fad Dads. Ladies and gentlemen, The Fad Dads Podcast. Welcome to Fad Dads. Today, Nathaniel and I are reviewing... only, but a pretty goodie uh, from 2011 source code.
1: Yeah, so this movie has been declared one of the 15 most wokest movies of the decade. Really? According to the article that you uh, you brought up. Oh, that's right. Uh, In our previous a couple discussion. Couple weeks
0: ago. Now, this one, this list is the top 15 most woke films of the decade. You need to see by Abraham Ramirez, and he writes for studybreaks.com. Number seven, they listed Source Code. Never heard of it. Really? I like like Source Code. Really? We should watch Source Code.
1: And uh, I think it's only fair that we go through as many of these movies as possible, because if these are the most wokest movies, I wanna know what they are. I wanna watch them so I too can become woke.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's a, a great motive. And uh, I'm with you on this journey, Nathaniel. <laughs> All right. So I think um, Wright's movie's been out for a long time. Yep. It's basically, as I
1: would sum it up, it's Groundhog Day with terrorists on a train. Yep. And go watch the movie if you're interested. Or, or it's been, like I said, it's been out for a long enough time that uh it has my endorsement uh it's got some language a little bit of language a little bit of violence but other than that it's pretty accessible um and then from here on out we're gonna be talking spoilers for the whole film and kind of dissecting the wokeness in the movie
0: yeah i think so i would say um i'll give it my fad rating right away i would say for me this was like a t-bone steak with a1 sauce it's kind of middle of the road it's got something pretty much for everyone teen teens and above i would say um it's kind of a bit of a thriller mystery pretty entertaining solid watch Highly recommend.
1: Yeah, yeah, and for me, this is just like an ex- extremely juicy burger that you get from <laughs> a great restaurant. You know, it's got a great sauce on it, tastes amazing, but it's it's a hamburger. Yeah, y- y- you know, you're gonna forget about it in in a week or two, but you're you're gonna want to go back to that joint. Yeah, again in the future because you remember. You it's know good. what? Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> um, and uh, what what in, what impressed you about the movie? Because I had seen this movie before, and I recommended it to you after seeing it on the Wokus list.
0: Yeah, um, I would say that the story was pretty unique. Now we've seen premises like it before. We've seen Groundhog Day. We've seen The Edge of Tomorrow. We've seen which came. out... I mean, this movie came out before Edge of Tomorrow. To, to be fair, right, right, I mean, but it, you're right. It, this yeah, is yeah. not a. A unique concept for sure. Right. If 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 you were someone who had seen those films before, because I think they're a little bit more famous than Source Code, yeah. Um, that's kind of what you're going into. It's got a lot of those things where you know, by the third time he's entering the same time space, he knows everything that's going to happen, and everyone's so impressed that he knows exactly what's going to happen, right. and yeah. So it's got a lot of those quips, but I would say the mystery of um, it adds another layer where the people who are initiating this restart process for him. Um, there's a little mystery behind them that we don't really understand, um, so we're kind of along with him in his journey of figuring out everything, all the entire mystery of what's happening. Yeah. Um, so I was engaged for the entire film. Um, I wouldn't say that it was entirely um, obvious what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I think one of the one of the good things
1: about this film, and you see this occasionally with other films, is they give you enough information that you. Go with it, what's going on, and you kind of think that you know everything yeah. that's going on, but there's more information that's coming out, and uh, yeah, and, and so it's, it's, it's really layered, I think, in a good way where they give you just the, amount of the, the, the right information just when you need it, uh, yeah. to kind of keep the plot moving, keep the interest going, especially when that scene in the train keeps repeating over and over again, mm-hmm. right? There's got to be extra spice to keep that,
0: right. um,
1: fresh every time, uh, and it helps when he's out of the source code. You know, talking to the government, and then he gets sent back. And so there's it's this nice uh, push and pull uh, where we see both things that's going on. You know, in the present and in the past when he's getting sent back. Right,
0: right, all right. Uh, are we into spoiler territory? Yeah, absolutely. It? Okay, absolutely. So, so did you? Uh, how woke on a scale of one to ten? How woke do you think this movie is? Right. Someone tell us. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So last when we when we had our our woke podcast, um, we kind of discussed the the Truman Show which was kind of a story about man uh, separating from God and departing from what God's plan is for his life and choosing his own path. Yeah. I can see where someone who thinks it's woke might get the same idea about this movie, where it's someone who's kind of trying to forge their own destiny, where they're kind of constrained by a lot of what happens. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Coulter, is actually dead. Um, and he's been not kept... actually dead. He's mostly dead. He's mostly dead. He's he's been kept alive by scientists who um are able through metaphysical science able to send his conscience into somebody else's conscience um, moments before they die. Right. Because of this, the uh, brain activity that occurs after somebody dies. Right. Right. All yeah. metaphysical crap but (laughs) i mean it works for the movie as science fiction but uh you know they
1: they that the the science that they go into is so thin that it's (laughs) basically you know the screenwriter was like okay what kind of you know baloney can i come up with in like
0: three sentences to explain how this works and then never think about it again right right i mean the way jeffrey wright explains it though sells it he sells it oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) So, you know,
1: you know there's a, every time that you turn a light bulb off, there's a little bit of glow afterwards. <laughs> that is true with the human brain as well, right? If it just died. <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> excellent. <laughs> right.
0: So, um, so Coulter is trapped by these scientists as he comes to figure out, and this is a little bit like halfway through the movie, you kind of start figuring out, oh, he's actually like their prisoner, and they're using him in this kind of immoral way to... Make him do things kind of against his will, uh, but but to combat terrorism, right? So so, so that's the for, that's the other side of it, right? Right, for yeah. for a good reason, right? The the ends justify the means, basically, right. is what yeah. they're doing, right. and he in the end is kind of able to prove them wrong by somehow actually creating a new dimension where the train does not blow up, and he actually gets to live with his consciousness in another man's body. Like, talk about how moral that is. <laughs> it's a uh, Wonder Woman 1984, you know. <laughs> With, uh, anyway, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're trying to look at that and you're saying, okay, so he's defying God by making his own reality. Like, I guess you could kind of see where that is similar to the Truman Show, but it's not – it's not that obvious. It's it's so science fiction-y. It, it's kind of like you're talking about metaphysical things. The, the parallels aren't quite as there. You know, They're not quite as direct as it was in The Truman Show. Where I I kind of sat back after the movie and was like, hey, not that woke. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> uh, I think
1: there's a couple of... Th- the, the movie doesn't make any sense, especially once you get to the final act of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Especially with a part of him living on past the eight minutes. Right. His mind. Like, how does that even work? And he he te- he sends a text message to, um... I forget, the general lady. Yeah, to, so he sends the, the text message to the major. Uh-huh. And it's in the very last scene of the movie. Okay, so here's here's why <laughs> the, the movie doesn't make any sense. So, um, Coulter Stevens thinks that he's given enough to his country. Um... And that he doesn't want to continue living on in this state where he's basically um, a slave to the government's program. Right. And basically living on a ventilator his entire life. And it seems like it might be a little bit selfish because he doesn't want to save lives. But the, the screenwriters combat that by saying, well the Jeffrey Wright and the major are just going to wipe his memory and basically redo this over and over again, yeah. kind of setting them up as cruel taskmasters. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so Colter Stevens, what his plan is, is that during the, his last trip to the source code before the major unplugs him is he's going to send a text message to the major in this alternate timeline to tell Coulter Stevens in this alternate timeline, while well, he is possessing the body of a teacher that the Coulter Stevens, who is in this ventilated state, waiting to be launched into the source code, that everything is going to be all right. So basically, he's ensla—he's—he's he's, he's encouraging the slavery of his other self <laughs> in this military base. While well, he basically lives life with Michelle Monaghan, a, a great life to be had, if you ask me. But <laughs> it's like that's not—you're—you're you're making this you're making this argument that what's happened to you is immoral. while at the same time, encouraging. Your captors to be moral
0: to yourself in a different dimension. Um, oh, I kind of missed that. I I thought I I kind of was ignoring his his whole montage or montage. It, it, it,
1: oh. and, I, and I think it is dumb because it, because it would all have to be in his own head, like everything that he's imagining. Yeah. But the movie combats that by the first time. When the train blows up, you know, he, there's the these images that he sees before he comes out into the capsule. Right. And some of them are that um, – the teardrop, is that what it's called in Chicago? That, that, that reflective uh, Oh, mirror. the bean. The bean. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, right, he has the image in the beginning of the movie and then later on uh, – towards, towards the end of the movie when he's off the train with Michelle Monaghan, he's at the bean with her. Right. And he says something profound to her. Like, do you think that everything – happens for a reason and she says no or something like that um basically saying that this was all set up from the get-go that he was gonna experience this and once you try to like piece it together it doesn't make a ton of sense and it's one of those movies that you really have to go with and not think about too much and if you just go with it you have a good time um like to the tomorrow Ward. um yeah exactly uh yeah sort of and and you will have a good time watching this movie it really is tense um you know there's that whodunit aspect of it like mm. who on the train is actually the bomber that i really like but if i'm trying to like think of um a woke part of the movie it, it could be that he's basically asking um the major to help assist him do, to commit suicide even though i don't think that's entirely fair because he is uh, just on a ventilator and all yeah. he's asking is hey can you just turn off the ventilator like i don't want to i don't want a machine to sustain my life right um and right, I'm not for assisted suicide. I, suicide is, is pretty pretty nasty. Yeah, um, harms a lot of people. Right. Um, but in this case, I I struggle to find where the woke messaging is here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really fun action flick.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. Yeah. So so I had a question, kind of about the about the end. I want to get your thought on this, right? So so when he's um. I I, see. To me, after watching this, right, and um, knowing because what's in my head while we're reviewing this is is Doctor Strange. Yeah. Right. And Moon Knight. Yeah. So did he? So so did Coulter basically create a new alternate reality? That's kind of that's kind of how I saw it. Was was he prevents the train from blowing up, and so that's a new reality, right? And because they put his mind into this other guy's mind, that's how his mind sticks there. Mm-hmm. Right, and he remains alive mm-hmm. on that separate branch of reality. Right, there is still the other branch of reality where the, his the, body is now dead. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the, the the actual branch of reality. Right, that 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 exists in physical space. Correct, that is dead. This other branch of reality that is somehow just as real. Does he now right. is is he now Moon Knight sharing this body <laughs> with the guy who was there before? <laughs> in huh. this other. Uh, reality, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it makes
1: any sense. But if you were to ask me, you know, what do I think? <laughs> if I was writing fan fiction, what would I say? Yeah. It, it would be definitely that he's he's um, sort of like in Inception, the idea that you walk through your dream and you populate things through your subconscious. That's basically what's happening, is he's living this new life in his subconscious, populating it. Oh, um, It has nothing to do... It's, it's not actually an alternate reality. It's just this... Thing that he's created, maybe with Sean Ventress's subconscious combined with his own experiences, but it's not real. It's not physical. It
0: just as real as a, it's as, as real as a dream would be. So, but but his physical body is dead now. That's right. So, how would he be able to? Have, how would his thoughts live on if his body was dead? Um, it's like Jeffrey Wright talks about. You know, after the body dies, <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, it would so, be it would just it would all exist in that after afterglow that's fading. Okay, interesting. That would be how I would reconcile the movie and everything. And then, right, he sends this text message to the major, Uh and she doesn't get it because she doesn't exist. Because all that is is just this small world of the subconscious. And if he ever ran into the major again, it would just be this major appearing in his subconscious while he's interacting with her and would disappear as soon as the major would Hmm. stop interacting with him. Now, that would be my opinion of the movie i'm sure the screenwriters who are very very smart i'm <laughs> sure have it all worked out uh and could tell me differently but yeah i guess we'll never know yeah what's, what's your take is it actually a branch of reality
0: that's like exists yeah yeah there's a multiverse out there <laughs> and and he is now the new moon knight <laughs> and and as he's talking to um what's your face as he's hanging out with her, his, his personality flips back and forth between the school teacher and this <laughs> military war vet. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's going to be real but, real awkward when Michelle Monaghan is with him in bed, and then he wakes up, gets out of bed to try to you know get her a cup of coffee, and he like falls on his face because he's strapped
0: into the <laughs> wall. <law. laughs> Honey, the ring of sand. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, actually, uh, th- this kind of takes me to my worst of the film, was okay. the character of Christina. I don't understand I, While I was watching it why is it that she goes along With everything that he does You know like, like he's like Oh let, let's, be, let's be spontaneous Let's go get off on a wrong train station And like hang out here And she's like okay It's like what are you stupid uh, That's
1: so that he could have like a reason to hesitate And fall on the tracks So he can die So I, don't, I, I didn't
0: even understand why he cared to bring her with him Because he was trying
1: to save her at that point Because because Because, so the very next scene, he goes, look, there was a woman. I saved her. Her name was Christina. I got her off the train.
0: And they're like, no, no,
1: no, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. Here's her obituary. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, well, that's, well, this is all pointless. And and from that point on, he gets really disengaged um, for a period of time before he gets reengaged. I think that's the reason
0: that he was trying to get her off the train. Um, and which it doesn't make sense until that scene occurs that's true that's true because when i was doing it, i was like why why do you care if she comes with you or not like just go off the train you know it's a simulation just just go right <laughs> and do your thing um so so and, and then the question after that was why does he fall in love with her it's michelle monaghan <laughs> <Like, laughs> why would you fall in love with her <laughs> that, that's the thing i just i was like you're being told that this is a simulation and like you fall in love with one of the people inside of it it's like why why would you do that? It, it, the movie didn't really give you a lot of hints that that was coming either. It was just suddenly like, "No, I saved her and she's alive." It's, it's I love her. It's like what? <laughs> it's, it's it's like
1: Edge of Tomorrow. You know how Tom Cruise follows for Emily Blunt, but she doesn't reciprocate the feelings because he's she's only ever known him for one day. Yeah, like he's known her for years and years. Oh, so.
0: that sort of makes sense. But I mean, he now, falls uh, in love with her like four yeah. times. in. It's like, goodness gracious! Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right but what's your best of the movie um
0: i think my best was the fantastically strong characters other than christina <laughs> um jake gyllenhaal yeah does his role beautifully sells every moment every emotion that he goes through which is there's is quite a circle that his his character makes yeah between you know waking up um to the very end result of kind of having his conclusion to his character. Um, very well acted. Uh, I mentioned before, Jeffrey Wright does this really well. And then Vera Farminga, who plays the... The Major. Yeah. The Major. She yeah. did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, being kind of an empathetic uh, and unwilling participant in the moral experiment, she kind of makes her choice at the end to free the lab rat and, you know... <laughs> yeah, basically ending her career. Right. <laughs> you know, because, yeah, she was definitely fired after that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I thought it was really well acted, and that really is, you know, it, it was a cast of, you know, the four characters, and three out of four were pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I think the movie's solid all the
1: way through. I think the worst is definitely that ending doesn't make any sense. That's the that's the major flaw in the movie, in yeah. my opinion. It, it gives a very feel-good ending mm-hmm. to an otherwise what would have been kind of depressing film, right? All the people die, you catch the terrorist, but he lives in slavery. Right, doesn't feel that great. Was it a little bit
0: too feel-goody?
1: I think so, and so that's that's why the movie ends the way it is. Is so that yeah. people can can go out of the theater feeling good, but
0: if they think about it too much, they go, mm, I don't like that. I mean, I, I I specifically am thinking about the part where he's like suddenly like so happy with everything, he just mm-hmm. becomes like the perfect person everywhere, and he, he goes to the struggling comedian comic and says. If I give you a hundred bucks, will you make all these people on this train laugh? And everyone's laughing. And he's like, oh. And some really bad jokes on my dad. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I want to gag. This is so mushy. <laughs> he's he suddenly like, um, what's his face at the end of It's a Wonderful Life? George Bailey. Yeah, George Bailey. Yeah. George Bailey. Yeah, towards the end of the film. My yeah. goodness all right so any other concluding thoughts yeah i would Source s- code. i would say that we're off to a great start with the uh, 15 wokest films
1: of the decade yeah really happy that we started with this one cannot wait to get into our next one yes i love these woke films <laughs> uh, all right so uh i'm nathaniel and
0: i'm seth and this has been the fad dads